podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Road End Podcast, where each week we will speak to a new guest, get to know them and talk all things Liverpool. Hi everyone, welcome to the Road End Podcast. I'm pleased to say today I'm joined by Adam Morgan. Adam's a professional footballer and also an elite football coach. He's well known from his time at Liverpool. Welcome to the podcast, mate. How are we? Thank you, mate. All good. How are you? Yeah, good. Good. Not too bad. Um, bit better after yesterday. Went to uh, Spurs. Where'd so, you go? Yeah, it's brilliant. Nice. Great win yesterday. Needed that Salomon. He's back on fire, isn't he? The back. Oh, yeah, hopefully, yeah. I've had five seasons of uh, of being on top of our game. Look, we, we can't be expecting to win every single week. I know. But obviously, that made the draw today. I made, I made up with it. One yeah. of my mate, his dad goes all the game. You might know him, Steve Mono, Steve Monaghan. Yeah. But his, his lad Joe's one of my best mates. And um, he's saying he's fuming. We've got Madrid. I'm like, you can't make up. We've got Madrid. Means we're going to Bernabeu, mate. I'm going to Bernabeu. <laughs> so, the last time we went to Bernabeu, we won when Yossi Benioon scored. So. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking that. forward to that. What do you think on the um, the news was just come out about the ownership? You know what, mate? I've been, I haven't seen it today. I haven't looked at it, seen anything. What's happened? They've put us up for sale. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, mate. You know what? I didn't even when I was back to back old. I haven't. Um, I haven't even been on my phone to be honest. So yeah, it's just yeah, come out I now. I don't even know what to say about that. Really, it's a mad one. That to be honest. I know. I don't I mean. I don't know where who's going to go to because obviously anyone richer than them is only going to be Saudis or Dubai or something. Isn't Absolutely. It? Yeah. Don't know what LeBron James is going to do. He might buy more. He might buy my ball shares and LeBron James. <laughs> Absolutely. There's, there's going to be murder if it goes to anyone like that, isn't it? Obviously, the way from... Klopp's been speaking. Oh, there you go. There's some news for you. Yeah. Uh, um, your Liverpool career, I remember you in the academy. I only live around the corner, so I used to go around and watch you a lot. You got a title of the next Robbie Fowler. That must have been some privilege there. Oh, listen, like, always, always my hero growing up. My first hero. Other than my dad was uh, Robbie Fowler, do you know what I mean? So... You, you, listen, it, it's an easy comparison to make. I was nowhere near Robbie Fowler, don't get me wrong, but being left-footed, being from Liverpool, being kind of maybe a jack the lad, and, uh, you know, there's, there's been people who'd seen Fowler before me, so I think the comparison was quite easy to make, but to be mentioned in the same breath of him any time was unbelievable, but Robbie was my hero, and, you know, it was it was amazing. It was amazing. Did you feel any pressure for that? No, not really. Not not on a set. Not at that age. I used to thrive in it. To be honest, I used to believe it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there was no doubt in my mind that I was going to be scoring goals in front of the cup, playing for England, um, and 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 literally just win it all. That's that. I didn't have any other belief in my head other than that. And I think it's hindered me in a way because now, obviously, that's never going to happen. But you know. I did honestly did not believe for one second that that weren't going to happen. That I weren't going to be Liverpool's number nine, playing week in week out, Premier League top goal scorer, playing for England. And of course, I look back now and laugh, but that was my mind. You couldn't have told me different. Probably up until eighteen, couldn't have told me any different. If you've got, you I mean you've got to have that mentality, haven't you? Otherwise, you know you're never going to get anywhere, are you? I think so, mate. But you know what? It's hard because. I went to Liverpool longer than I went to school. Like, I was at Liverpool from five years old mm. all the way up till 19. 14 years of my life, you know, 
in the best way possible. I had my ass white for me. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like my kit was ready. I got told where to be, at what time, what to eat, what time the coach leaving, and 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 that's all I knew. You know, my parents would take me up there three times a week, and I just I just didn't know any different. So I was kind of only had that as a childhood, really. And it was the best childhood I could have, I could have ever asked for. Yeah. But I'm saying like I didn't do anything else. I didn't really do boxing. I didn't do golf. I didn't. It was school and football, and I didn't like school. So my whole childhood was known at the academy. The only thing I ever remember was going to Liverpool Academy. So when that's taken away from you, it's it's difficult. Yeah. So we'll we'll get on to the um the last side of things in a minute. I remember seeing your first goal in pre-season. Now I do remember this. Rockets. Um, yeah. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> um, so Sterling gets that ball and beats a couple of men. And obviously you're in the right position, the right time. That seemed to be your nap, didn't it? He was always in the, the right the right place at the right time. Does he claim that? That it was going in? I don't think I don't think he minds now. I think I think he'll give me that one uh, one moment of glory clear he's at. But um yeah, mate, listen, there's no way I would let that go in. There's no, <laughs> no, no chance. And look, that, like, to be honest, that was a World Cup final to me, mate. It's madness, la. How does it feel? What a fucking day that was. What a fucking day. It was just a hard, mate. If, if I could relive a few moments in my life, that'd definitely be one of them. I knew I was going to score. I knew. I swear to you, I knew I was going to score. And uh, obviously, I ran over with Carragher as well when I scored and... That, that was like obviously something between me and him that we'd spoke about before the game because he'd always looked after me, Carragher. Yeah. And look, uh, again, I thought I was always just going to go on and play for Liverpool and that. But that was just in my way. And he, because he stood up and he was like cheering for me, he was probably so proud just to see a scouter like he'd done one time, once upon a time, whether it was pre season or not, live his dream by just scoring in front of us 60 odd thousand people. My dad was there. It couldn't have been a better day. Oh, mate, it was madness. Yeah, I was well, I was watching it back again before. Your celebration, you just lost your fucking marbles, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, man. And look, I'll credit any man who doesn't celebrate like that being from Liverpool. Definitely. I don't care whether it was a tapping. No. I, I was getting, I was getting, I was getting on the end of that, no problem. But um, you know what, mate? That pre-season, I was, I was literally, I was playing five aside all, all in the summer just with the lads. We was actually in the league. I had a little league going over the summer. <laughs> I was playing every night. And um, I just went back with pre-season with this this just determination and and just, just knowing and I knew I was going to go on pre-season that year. I just knew. And then when I went on pre-season, I thought, this is it. This is it. This is my chance now. And obviously then, I had a fantastic... Couldn't have went any better that pre-season. Yeah. And uh, obviously, Rod just said what he said. And it was just um, the best, man. The best. If I can bottle that feeling... I'm sitting on that plane next to Daniel Lager, thinking I'm going on pre-season with the Reds here. And that's what I'm saying is, I think my career would have been a lot different if I'd have played for Everton. Oh, really? Why is that? 100%. Because I think one thing that ended me, I was not good enough to play every week for Liverpool. No doubt about it. Don't get me wrong, that could have, I could have maybe grew into it if I was kind of given a bit of a longer time, which did I deserve? I don't know. But, mm. you know, I have no gripes against anything what happened with Liverpool. It was more what happened afterwards with me. But mate, I was so starstruck every single day. They're my heroes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I'm going in there and I'm thinking, shut up. Isn't it? Obviously, 
bracket, honestly, say, I know Jet Hart, you know what I mean? And it's kind of, yeah, and like, oh my God, there's like, like what, whoever, do you know what I mean? These yeah. are my heroes. But no disrespect to any Everton player, anything like that. But if I'd have went in and that'd have been Phil Jagielka, it wouldn't have mattered to me. Phil yeah. Jagielka, great career, unbelievable player. No offence, I'm not trying to even get one in on Everton. Man yeah. United, the same, anything like that. It was more, they're my heroes. I shouldn't be playing with these, but I, I deserve my chance. But like, it, it overwhelmed me a little bit, it did. And I couldn't really relax all the time and, and let myself settle in and stuff. But eventually, I did settle in a little bit more, but never where I felt really, really comfortable. But obviously, I think the more you, more you feel comfortable somewhere, the more you're going to perform, aren't you? So, yeah. So I just, I think of it like that, mate. And, you know, listen, hindsight's a funny thing, isn't it? So, it is what it is. Who's the um? Who's the best player you've played with academy level? Jesus, on your toes. <laughs> Some good ones, you are. Honestly, it's got to be Sterling on it. It's got to be. So I used to love him. He, he was my favourite. For me personally, he was my favourite. And the reason is because he'd do all the work. I'd stop the ball in the goal. <laughs> and uh, no, but mate, what a player! What a player! But then you had Suso. Um, Suso was special and. Right up there, you might not even know him, but Christina Dorsian. Yeah, I do. Oh my is, god, is he Hungarian? Hungarian, what a yeah. player! What uh, he is magic, probably a couple of yards too slow, but what a player! And then, like you say, mate, yeah, Connor Cody, massive, massive player. Like, listen, he's, he's someone you'd want your daughter to marry, do you know what I mean? He, the ultimate pro, unbelievable quality. And, and I still speak to Connor this day. I have it's funny now, like, as I'm training his boys, well, one of his boys, sorry. And uh, on Wednesday, so that'll be nice to see him. But I've, uh, I've told him no Everton kids. <laughs> and, uh, hey, just clear something up for me, right? Because I remember him, and I thought he was a diehard red when he was at the academy. That celebration when he was offside. No comments. I'm not no having comments. that. I'm not having it. <laughs> no comments. I can't. Ah, no comments. Ah, listen, like I get what you're saying, but because obviously, the yeah, time you know what, mate? He didn't have a tough time at Liverpool. Like he'll admit himself. It was impossible to get in. You had to be a Raheem Sterling. You know what I mean? Like, and like we all had our little go. We, we were given chances. I think he, I think with Connor, he played against Danzi as debut. That I played as well. He come on a Fulham away. He got one more. I think. I think he had three as well. Uh, yeah, but mate, what a pro! What a professional he is. Um, nothing but admire Connor Cody. And you know what? It is what it is. Now, can you blame him? You know, some of the things that I get it, I get all this. I even get it with Michael Owen. He went to the Manx. I, I do. But what, what people don't realise sometimes is, I know there's a line and sometimes you make, you'd make make the best of it not to do that. But I don't want to say where he lives, but he lives very, very close to Everton training ground. Yeah. All his kids are settled in school. His bed's from around there. Do you want to open route to move to London or uh, you've got to like think of it another way as well. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But Yeah, of course. It's but you know what? If he's a blue, he's a blue. Do you know what I mean? I remember him, and I used to think of him as like he had like a bit of a blend between Carragher and a bit of blend between Gerard as well in certain aspects of his game. Um, which is a massive compliment, obviously. Yeah, I was going to say you're throwing <laughs> that out there. Eh? When you were training with Gerard, I was there. A couple of people have asked me on from previous podcasts why haven't you really mentioned Gerard? And so I'll put it on you. Oh, Stevie G, he just run the club. It's just his club. It's just. He's the main man and always will be. There will never be anybody 
past, present, who can ever replace how highlighting for Steven Gerrard. He's the best ever to, yeah. to wear a red shirt. My dad would argue that it's Kenny, probably because that was his hero and that was his hero and, and he's seen him do magic. But I up close and personally seen things that like, you think, how do you do that with a football? Or the respect that he earned by performance and the man being the man that he is, you know, pretty much one club man. Obviously, he decided to move his family over to America for a few years, which is, I, can't you can't blame, blame him, mate. Yeah, absolutely not. So him and Carragher, two, two one club men, really, you know what I mean? Because he didn't kind of, I'm not wrong there, he didn't, did he? He didn't play very well, did he? Carragher. It was only the pool in LA Galaxy, where <clears throat> Oh, yeah, Gerard, yeah. I was going to say, nearly right, nearly made the fool of myself then, but yeah. <laughs> like, mate, the, the ability and the quality and just the order that he had around himself. He is a god. I showed me little lads videos from the other week. He was on, um, he'd done that F2 striking, didn't he, on YouTube? Oh, I've seen him. He's, he's in sea sensational. One story about Gerard, it was like, and it only happened a few years ago. I was over in Dubai and um, for um, New Year, and Rangers were on a pre season break. So they were staying in our hotel, and Flano was there. So Flano was at Rangers at the time. And like Gerard's getting harassed on and it. Just even still in Dubai, I'm a 26 year old man at this stage. And just Gerard saying good morning to me by the pool. We just get all giddy still. <laughs> and that's the biggest compliment I can do. And obviously, I end up having a beer with him. And my brother-in-law was there. And we're just like sitting there having a beer with Gerard. And I'm thinking, oh, this, this is mad. But I, like what I'm trying to say to you is he was Arsenal. So like, honestly, if Thierry Henry was there, of course, I'd have been like, that's Henry and that. But like, that would, it wouldn't have meant near enough as much. Yeah. You know, or Martin Keown or whoever, Tony Adams and... And that's what I'm trying to say is about my, my Bobby career. It was like, that's Gerard just passed that to me there. And there's one time when um, when I make my own home debut, my first start at Anfield, playing against Hearts, I was ready 20 minutes before the game. That That's it. Zip jacket on, ready, pumped up. He kind of was going around, like, high five and everyone. He said to me, in a laughing and joking way, just to relax me. He said, he points as far as he said, if he shouts at you just for the ball, he's going to ask you for the ball every single time. He said, well, you're here for a reason. Play your own game. I tell him basically to F off. Yeah. But I'm going to laugh and joke him, mate, just to relax me. And Carragher said to me, just don't get a yellow card before I did. Carragher got one after like 20 seconds, didn't he? <laughs> so that just kind of calmed me nerves for the best. Carragher and Gerard can't speak highly enough. And Suarez. <laughs> oh, mate. What a man. Again, but I can honestly say, I, I, I feel like I can honestly say, I know Suarez as well. And like, I worked with him for like a year. Some of the stuff that he used to do, it's just breathtaking. Like, how would you do that with a football like so consistently? He just weren't like that kind of person off the pitch. But he just turned into this beast on the pitch mm. that win at all costs. Sometimes, obviously, it bubbled over. And I honestly didn't mind it about him because he, he just wanted to win so much. Like, say, for example, Liverpool just played Man United on the Sunday, on the, on the Sunday, and the lads who hadn't been in the squad or hadn't played would train. He would train again. He just loved football. And he used to go mad. Brendan Rodgers used to let him train the whole session and make him leave the match. He used to have... What? What? He used to go mad because he couldn't play in the match at the end. He just played 90 minutes, scored the winner against Man United the day before. You're not meant to be on recovery. Yeah. But he just wanted to train all the time. So these people are just just obsessed with being the best. And, you know, all in their own right. He was the best in some some area. Arguably one of the best strikers ever lived. Yeah. And I can say I played up front with him. And that used to make my toes go like that. <laughs> honestly. And like, I laugh and joke with the lads now, my mates. 
Like, for example, one time I was in a taxi joking and, a, and I was videoing myself in a group and I was telling the taxi driver, but I was joking. Saying, then I was told, you know, I used to play with... But we made just laugh there because I get all embarrassed when people say it to me. Yeah. And, like, I shouldn't because it's a very proud thing that I can say, but it's something that hurts me sometimes because I know I'm never going to get again. But that's why now I'm, I'm, I'm so obsessed with me coaching and, and, and I want to get to the top with that now. Yeah, so... Let's move to your coaching then. Um, Adam Morgan, elite coaching. How, how did you start it? What brought this on? I was living. I've been living in Essex for the last three years with the old woman, and, and um, lockdown happened, and you know I'm not made the money, and all the work stopped, all the footy stopped. So, you know, a few people saying to me, "Look, can you train me, boy? Can you say more?" And I was like, "No, not yet, not yet. I'm not doing that yet. You know, I'm focusing on footy, footy, footy." And then obviously carried on, carried on, and. I needed to get some kind of work in. And so I'd done two or three kids who were close to me, obviously through family and whatever, down living in Essex. Done them, obviously, wear the mouth, bit of the Instagram thing, and literally went from there, mate. And then I ended up probably probably 100 kids a week coming through the door Brilliant. in Essex. So, And then unfortunately for me, uh, at the moment, you know, I'm, I'm not on the best terms with, 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 with me girl. And, oh, mate, it was tough. And... You know, I've taught, I, I thought I've had heartbreak in my life. Honestly, and I'm not even afraid to say this because mental health is a big thing that I believe in now. Losing someone that you love it is one of the hardest things ever. So I was on the floor now. I've been on, on, I was on the floor probably since I moved home probably a couple of months ago. What I'm gonna, what's going to happen, I'm not sure. But first three or four weeks, mate, I didn't want to get out of bed. And and then I was obviously getting messages, oh, you're in Liverpool now. And then I thought, exactly the same. Just done a couple of people done like my little nephew and, and my little cousin and where them all spread and now I had 25 people through the door last week after three weeks in so it's been brilliant and I just love it mate I love it so I work out to um, goals and speak you know and I haven't even done the kind of the promotion that I will do but I'm kind of just not doing it too much yet because what's going to happen with me yeah I'm unsure I'm open for one thing but um and I just love, I just love what I love that kind of side. That, that's how initially it started, and then just went from there. You know, I've been in contact with uh, with Liverpool as well, and you know, hopefully, time works on out with that way as well. That's great that you're um you're giving the next generation a bit about what you had though, because obviously you've learned from the best. So I try and be the coach that I would have wanted to have. I've worked with some unbelievable coaches, Rodolfo Burrell. Alex Inglethorpe, Steve Cooper, Mike Marsh, Colin Pascoe, Brendan Rodgers. I've tried to obviously implement as much as I took off them into my own. I'm a beginner. I'm a complete beginner and I'm a sponge to everything I want to learn. And I just, I love learning and I love seeing the progression of the kids. And mate, I do, I do fully grown men. And, you know, I just do all ages and I just get the enjoyment. I like to be a chameleon. So one minute I could be teaching a, a three-year-old how to dribble, and then next minute I'm doing a shooting session with a 28-year-old, you know what I mean? So yeah. all different kinds. But I think just any bit of experience that I can get at the minute is, is I'm willing to do it. Oh, defo. So I seen you was um you you've been working with Andy Carroll, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So prime example, Andy Carroll, yeah. He's obviously married to an Essex girl, Billy Mucklow. So uh well Billy Carroll now. Um yeah, his boys came to me camp, boys and girls as well. Uh, came to me camp and would speak all of, like every other week. Me and Andy Carroll just oh you like that. Just to bump into him a lot. So 
I knew when he was at when he was at West Brom, Redden and all that. So he used to always speak to him like if he scored, I'd message him or whatever. And then he just messaged when he was out without a club, he's just waiting on a club. So he said, Look, can we get some training? And I was thinking to him, I wonder why he's asking me to do it. And he just said, Look, I like I know I'm gonna get the quality like like delivery with you and uh, but we've worked together before and that it's one of the best experiences ever. So, you know, he uh, friends with Andy Carroll, so we had a really good thing. And then obviously, again, like talking about where the mouth, he brought Snodgrass. What a player, man. Snodgrass. Yeah. Funny, funny fucker as well, him, you know. <laughs> and then I had a young coach working with me, Sonny Dutton. Unbelievable player. But um, his dad's my counsellor. And um, so we used to have, like, started the training at tennis. Me and, uh, me and Sonny, the young coach against uh, Andy Carroll and Snodgrass, they used to beat us every day, though. Bastards. But um, mate, what a good couple of weeks we had there. And then, and then obviously, it would have carried on, but obviously things happen in your private life and I had to come back to Liverpool, but I had to pick myself up like I've done many times before. And you know, I've made some mistakes in my life, man, like we all have, but I've got a smile on my face again now and I, I, I'm really enjoying being home, to be honest with you. Good, good. That's that's important that you've got the smile on your face. Um, Brian mentioned you had some issues with clubs over your time. Um, they just didn't work out for one reason or another and things behind closed doors. And obviously you've just mentioned like counsel on yourself. I think it's massively important that obviously people are making sure that they're getting the help that they need whenever they need it, regardless of the situation. So can you like it's can you honestly tough. openly say that it does oh, help you? It's so tough. But like honestly, like is that Wembley? Is that Wembley for the Carabao Cup final? On the aisle with all my mates as normal, like like ninety nine percent of Liverpool fans was that day. Having a great day, obviously when I won in the cup. And I said to one of the lads, I swear to my mum's life, I'd rather be in the crowd here than on that pitch. And they're like, like, like that fussy breaks your heart. I could have said to you, I didn't think any other difference was going to happen in my life. So I didn't know what to do with myself when I kind of left Liverpool and all that. And then obviously went to Yeovil. Basically what happened is I went, I knew I was going to have to leave Liverpool. Went to my agent's office at the time. I had Leicester, three-year deal. Yeovil, three-year deal. Carlisle, three-year deal. No offence to Carla. They was in the League One, so yeah, it was out of Leicester and Yeovil. And if I would have took it at Leicester, whether it had been in and around the first team or out on loan or released by then, I'm not sure. But on the third year of my contract at Leicester, they won the Premier League. I'd went to Yeovil and, and by that time, I don't even think I was still playing in the league. And if I'd have went to Leicester and hit the ground run, potentially I could have had the Premier League winners man. And that is how scary it is. Yeah. And that, how are you meant to come back from that place? How are you meant to get over that? You can't just dust yourself down off everything and go again. No. Our mentality as scouts is not all knock us down. You know, like, one of my favourite songs ever, and I'm going to see him in two weeks, Jamie Webster, is like, and then, and then you say, look, I think about the birds and George's all, and he tried to knock us down, but we stood up at all. But, mate, there's only so much standing up tall you can do and dusting yourself off before it actually breaks your fucking heart. Mm. And you're lost and you don't know what to do and what other skills have you got? I didn't have a job till I was 25 because I had a good left foot. And yeah. that was to be all and end all. And what, what am I meant to do? I was, I've cried myself to sleep on many occasions. Of they thought I don't even want to be in this world anymore. And I've had some dark, dark, dark days, mate. And again, I've done some things I'm not proud of. And I can get upset now thinking about it. That's, that's like some of the mistakes I've made. And 
but it was never while I was during football. It was come afterwards, after when I'm feeling the heartbreak and 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 what might have told me life she was gonna be and what she should have been. And I believe now that everything happens for a reason. And I believe I'll go to the top when I was a coach. That counselling that's saved me life. And you know, I went to Sport and Chance, which I don't even know if you meant to say, but I'm gonna say Sport and Chance is Tony Adams' clinic, wellness centre. I couldn't handle life. Mm. I didn't know what to do. But I literally just get up and just didn't know what to do. And that's because it's been bred in me since five years old. A vulnerable little boy. Vulnerable baby. I was a baby. All I ever knew was football. Yeah. And then when I was taken away from what am I meant to do? I was still probably had the me- mentality of a child because I didn't know what to do. So I had to go and get myself right. And then when I come out, I still made mistakes like we all do. But then I beat myself up for a week about it. And then, I, but now I'm in probably in the best place I've ever been. I don't want to just be a coach. I want to be someone there for someone who can actually speak on both ends of the spectrum of the highest of highs and lowest of lows. The way my parents are and my sister have been with me and my family have saying, saved me life, mate, honestly. And on paper, I've got the best life in the world. On, on paper, you've lived your dream. 28 years old, you've got a house almost mortgage-free. At 28, it's not a bad start. But, like, without my parents, that wouldn't have never happened. Without help and guidance of people who knew more than me, that never would have happened. But I was so low and hated my life when, on paper, people would have snapped your hand off for it. I thought I should have been achieving so much more. I've lost relationships because of football and my actions because I was so down and depressed. It's horrible. There's, there's no other way of... Of, you can't fucking beat around the bush in these situations yeah. and it's massively important that you let it out as well like you have and you're actually doing that's something that. about it yeah well I, I mean, that's what I that's what I want to do now like even do I love doing this shit like, I love it because yeah. honest to god I love it man and it's not for me anymore it's not for me anymore because my nephew now he, he, he's cracking little player and I tell him two things movement kills and goals pay the bills I tell him. I tell him as well. Goals pay all. Goals get you all the girls as well. That he likes that one. <laughs> and uh, no matter whatever happens to him, he can never ask anyone than his own uncle. What should I do in this situation? How should I feel? Is this normal? And I can tell him on both ends of the spectrum. Yeah or no. That's what I live for now. I live through him until like touch wood. I have kids in me my own one day, and uh, but I'm here to help everyone, mate. And like, honest to God, I want people to reach out to me. I'd do any podcast anytime. I'd help anyone anytime. And, and I just I just want to pass my knowledge on of the good and bad to the next generation. Good. We look at it from a different side of things, from our lives. Obviously, everyone has something different going on. But if you get everything gets taken away from you, regardless of what your profession is or whatever you're doing in your life, it's fucking horrible and it's hard. So, you know, hats off to you, mate. Amazing you. you spoke about that. And, you know, I wish you everything, but good luck. In your um, no, no. coaching as well. Tough one to move on from that, isn't it? It is, it is. But, you know, it's one of them. It's good that you get it out. Yeah, man, I told you. Uh, I'm an open book, honest to God. We asked our guests to choose their ultimate five-a-side team who they've seen live playing for Liverpool. Let's find out what they said. Ryan never put you in any Suarez in. Tell me your best five players in your Liverpool that you've played with. That's the obvious book. I'm gonna go a little bit more um go a bit more exhausted, come on. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you me obviously the first team one and then I'll give you me other one. 
love the lads who haven't. So the first one, obviously, Pepe Reina, Carragher, Gerard, John Joe Shelby, Juarez. Ridiculous. Um, easy one. And then I'm going to go tough the goalie. I'll come back to the goalie. Conor Cody, John Flanagan. Sound like I got all my mates in. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Jordan Anderson for his, for his what Ryan said, basically. Yeah. Oh, mate. Career he's had, mate. What a career. I know. I know. But you know what? Deserved it. Oh, mate, what a, what an attitude this fella's got, mate. I love Jordan Anderson. Love him. But I can't put Anderson in, so I'm going to go. I'll go John Lundstrom. It's proper hard, this. Um, you don't realise, only five. And i go Ross Barkley, Harry Kane. Harry Kane? With England, yeah. Wow. Yeah, Harry Kane. Seeing if I'm missing any superstars right there. Freaking hell, Sterling. Yeah. He's got to go in. Flannel's out. Flannel's <laughs> out. Sterling in. Mate, there's so many. James Ward-Prowse. What a play for me roommate in England. Um, Who was your keeper? Oh, mate. Yet to add, I can't even. But my eyes went blank on these keepers. Did you play with Galaxy? Yeah, Peter Galaxy. Yeah, he can go in. Galaxy, great guy as well. Um, yeah. Oh, mate, I could make an eleven there. <laughs> Feel harsh. Go on, let me make an eleven quick. Go on, I'm going to go Galaxy, Flanner right back, Jack Robbo left back, Connor Cody, and Connor Cody and Wisdom. Yeah, Andre with me can go in. Uh, then I go Lundstrom, Barkley, Sterling, James Ward, Prowse, me and Harry Kane. Oof. I'm in. I'm in. It's a fucking heavy team, that. <laughs> Win the Prem, that. <laughs> uh, but obviously, obviously, your Gerard Suarez would be in, but it's cheating, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, that'd be my team. Oh, brilliant, mate. Brilliant. Let's call that a pod. I'll um, I'll let you crack on, mate. Uh, I just want to say thanks for everything. Um. Obviously, getting involved in the first place, I really appreciate it. And um, I really wish you the best with the coaching because I can see how much you want it. You can see it in your face. You can see you want something from it as well. And I think that's important because I take my little lad to little players and I can see it in their eyes. They want the kids to be the best. So Get them in. Get them in with me. Come down. Well. Free session on me. Nice one, mate. Good luck with everything. No worries. I'll be in touch. Right. See you soon, mate. Nice one, Ad. Thank you. Oh, mate. Bye, mate. Thanks to everyone for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to follow our social media, twitter.com slash the road end pod, and also our Instagram page, instagram.com forward slash the road end pod.